0: Over the next part of the year, we're looking at, again, at the vision side of church life here at New Life. It's based on Isaiah 54, 2 and 3, for those who know, for those who don't know, I believe God has spoke to us. I'm not speaking this this morning, but I'm going to quote it. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtain wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you spread out to the right and to the left, your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate Cities. Vision is to strengthen, strengthen, send people locally, nationally, and globally. It's on the board over there. and has made reference to the fact that God is doing something new in us, something fresh happening. God has given us a freshness and a new uh, vision of where we're going. That is the foundation scripture for what our vision is all about. But I'm not going to speak on it today. I'm going to do a follow up from last Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, wow, wow, wow. But the reality is, every Sunday should be wow, 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 not just Easter Sunday. And last week was the first half of Matthew chapter 28. I'm going to read the second part of Matthew chapter 28. You can call it a mini series in chapter in Matthew 28 if you like. Okay, last week it was What's New? This week it's What Now? Or if Heather was preaching it, it would be after, if you're at the Good Friday service. What happens after Easter Sunday, that first Easter Sunday? There's also, there's always a therefore. There's always a now what? When God speaks, when we meet with God and when we can connect with God, or God speaks, it's not just a tickle of ears. There has to be a, well, therefore, do something. I'm going to read the second half of Matthew Chapter 28 from verse 11, it should come on the screen, I'm reading from the New Eleven Translation. As the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and told the leading priests what had happened. A meeting with the elders who was called, they decided to give the soldiers a large bribe. They told the soldiers, you must say Jesus' disciples came during the night while we were sleeping and they stole his body. If the governor hears about it, we'll stand up for you, so you won't get into trouble. So the guards accepted the bribe and said what they were told to say. The story spread widely among the Jews, and they still tell it today. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That was late. after Easter Sunday, what happens now? The resurrection of Jesus Christ brought hope to a world for this life and for eternity. But it brought more than hope. It brought a meaning and a purpose to this life as well. The context of here is Jesus had met these women who had come to the grave, wasn't there. And The angel says, uh, he's not here. Met Jesus. He said, go and tell the disciples to go to Galilee. So the the women are on their way to tell the disciples to go to Galilee. And then there's almost like an inter Injection here into the story where these priests and elders get together. And if you know this country, whenever there's a a crisis of some sort, the Prime Minister in the UK calls a COBRA meeting. Cabinet Office office Briefing Room A, A because it's usually room A that they meet in whether it's a pandemic, whether it's a terrorist alert, whether it's a kind of, national security issue, the Prime Minister calls it a COBRA meeting to discuss how we're going to fix this, how we're going to get out of this. Well, in this context, the Jewish leading priests and elders called a kind of COBRA meeting. Guys, we've got a problem here. This Jesus, who really, we really got crucified, uh, we kind of, manipulated and conspired to get this man crucified, He's risen from the dead. we got a problem. We have got a real problem here. And they got together. How can we get around this? What kind of fake news can we put out here to get this story? And please don't hear something I'm not saying this morning. But it's uh, how can we can- conspire and get some news out to cover our tracks here. To say that there's a problem here. There's not our problem. We're not the problem. So they got the guards together. and saying, guards... Listen, you need to tell the the people so that Jesus, we can't say Jesus is alive, so you need to go and say, while you were sleeping, like the disciples came and stole the body. He's not alive, he's somewhere the disciples have stolen the body and moved it. You know, there's two major flaws I see in that, by the way. First of all, these courageous disciples who ran away from the cross, who were in hiding, somehow decided, let's get the cows to go and steal the body to say that Jesus alive is alive. No. And secondly, which is even more fundamental flaw, just in my thinking, guards tell people that while you were sleeping, that the disciples came and stole the body. Okay, don't know about you, but I really don't know what's going on when I'm sleeping. So how on earth could you believe disciples if I was approached by one of these guards and say the disciples stole the body while we were sleeping, my question would be, how do you know you were sleeping? It seems pretty obvious to me, but to try and cover up, sometimes incredible, stupid stories are told. But the reality is, no matter how many lies they buried... Uh, told The truth could not stay buried, and the truth rose on Easter Monday. Jesus said, "Where well, the truth and the life rose, and it doesn't matter how much you try to bury the truth, the truth will rise to the surface. And the truth rose on Easter Sunday. And then the women had told the, the disciples to go to Galilee, and we read that the 11 disciples went away to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. A couple of points here. Uh, Just introduction, there are some mountains we need to speak to, there are some mountains we need to climb in life. Sometimes we are too busy speaking to mountains, move, 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 when God wants us to climb a mountain. You know what happens? Because when you climb a mountain, you got a greater revelation than what you did at the bottom of the mountain. Some of you know I've climbed hills and mountains recently, but I want to tell you if you're climbing a mountain, you get a greater vision, a greater perspective when you've climbed the mountain than when you're at the foot of the mountain. And when these disciples went to the mountain that Jesus had appointed them to go to, do you know when they got to the top they got a greater revelation? They got a revelation of the risen Christ and they got a revelation of their future, their purpose, their meaning for their life. Sometimes we need to climb mountains. And another introductory point, it was their obedience which brought the fresh revelation into their life. The mountain that I'm told you to go to. You know, in God's economy, blessing follows obedience. Well, it's a wedding at uh, at Cana. Fill the jars with water. When you do that and you obey me, then you'll get the miracle. Disciples, when you throw your net over to the right side, don't argue. Peter could have said, listen, we're the, we're the fishermen, you're the carpenter, let us do the fishing, even though they caught nothing. But when they, so even though it seemed illogical to Peter the fisherman, when Jesus told them to do something, the miracle happened where the nets were so full that they had helpers come. Listen, sometimes God tells us to do things and we think, that doesn't seem natural. I want to tell you, when you're obedient, God brings blessing into your life. And Moses, just put that rod over the sea. Why, what's going to happen? It's going to part, and I'll make a way when there's no way. March around Jericho seven times. Doesn't matter how embarrassed you feel every day, if you keep doing it and people are laughing and mocking at you, the day's coming when you're going to get the victory because the walls are going to come down. It doesn't matter if people mock you for you doing what you believe God's calling you to do. If you do it, your victory will come into you, and you will have the last laugh, so to speak. And there are many other stories. Obedience brings blessing. And what I love here about the disciples, their fresh revelation brought them to this place. They worshipped him. Anything fresh you knew that God does in our lives, any fresh revelation, fresh moment, it should cause us to be more and more worship of Jesus. It's not what we, so much what we do from, it's not what we serve from. Above all, we are worshippers. And we are called to be worshippers. And this is incredible. This is the risen Christ. These are 11 disciples, these are, these are his guys. It says, he met them. It says, but some of them doubted. Incredible, isn't it? They saw the risen Christ and they doubted. Better be careful how I say this. In our life, there'll be some people who doubt. Some people who doubt God's word. Some people who doubt what God is doing. Some people who doubt what God is saying. Some people who doubt you. But I want to encourage this morning: don't be a doubter. Be someone who believes the word of God, who believes and don't get... Don't get sidetracked with those who doubt. Because I want to tell you, when you believe what God says, when you believe in God, he gives you fresh moves, fresh revelation. And some people doubt you, but I want to tell you this morning, God doesn't doubt you. As you believe God's word, God doesn't doubt you. He believes his hands on you, and he can do great things in and through you. Some of them doubt it. Don't get alongside doubters, even if they're in church. Woo! Okay. Even if they're in church, let's be a church who believes God's word, who believes in one another, who believe that God's going to do it and just go on and do what God's called us to do. Ouch. Okay. If you have any problems at the end, please go to the connection point and whoever's there will deal and answer all your questions. That was the introduction. But here, so what? What now after your resurrection? Jesus, what happens now? First of all, it says there's a new vision for your life. It's a new assignment. I've trained you for three and a half years and your prime responsibility up to now is to be just a follower of me and learn from me. You've had the best three and a half years training that have ever been invented on in planet Earth. Now A G does a thing called ministers in training in my day, and it's a great course for those who want a call to ministry. But it's not on this level. They had they had Jesus, for three and a half years, these guys had learned from the best of the best of the best of the best. They'd seen them. They'd done it. This was great training. But listen, they sent him, you've been followers of me. You continue to be followers of me, but I've got a new assignment for you. Instead of just being a follower of me, I want you to make new followers of me. I want you to get new followers of me. It's not about you just following me. It's about you then causing others to become followers of me. That's a new assignment I'm giving you. You know, he didn't, long speech. If you've ever graduated from college or university, and even from ministry areas, At your commissioning, there's always a commission or a graduation. When somebody gets something, gives you a rah, 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 rah speech, it's almost like, now you've done this training, go out. If not change the world, at least change your world and do great things in the future. I mean, I remember many, many years ago, I remember talking, I've been at commission service for trainees where they go out and say, you've come through the training, now go and do stuff. And the massive speeches, some of them last far too long. But Jesus gives one of the shortest here. He says, just go and make disciples of all nations. Here's here's my commissioning speech here. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go. Basically, go. I'm sending you. He could have said, you know, I'm stretching, strengthening, and sending you locally nationally and globally because he's going to all the world this is your mission should you choose to accept it this is your mission to go you've been trained it's now time to go and the rat is they made a pretty good job of it Uh, it needed a bit of persecution at times but then later on it said but Paul and Silas, these guys have turned the whole world upside down they done a pretty good job of it. But listen, but the words of Jesus given to those 11 echo and echo through history. And for us today, his vision has not changed for the church. He says, go, I'm sending you into the world. It's time to be sent into the world. It's not, this is not original, but the reality is gospel starts with go. God, two thirds of his name is go. Go, there's a clue there. Go, God's in to go, the gospel is in to go, and as a church we want to stretch, strengthen and send people overseas, yes, locally, yes, nationally, yes, but into your school, into your college, into your home, into your workplace, into your street, into your social circles, we want people to be sent with the call of God to make disciples all over our world disciples you say, you've just witnessed the most remarkable event in history. Now don't sit and talk about it. Go and share what you've seen, what you've experienced. Share the life, the resurrection, the power of God. Go and be salt and light, yes. But go, go and take this message, the most incredible message the world has ever known, that Jesus died for mankind. And he rose and he rose to give life and power and strength and hope for this world and for eternity. Go with this message. I'm giving you a new assignment. And it says, and with this new assignment comes a new authority. Note, Jesus prefaced this go with verse 17. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. I'm sending you as ambassadors. Now, this is an important point here. You're ambassadors. You carry the authority of the person or the group who sent you. An official who represents his own country in a foreign country. And no, Peter, 1 Peter 2 and 11 says, we are foreigners and strangers in this planet Earth. Our home is not planet Earth. Our home is in heaven. That is our citizenship. That is our status. We are heaven people. However, we are in a foreign, hostile, spiritual world. But we're called as ambassadors in this world. But we carry the authority of heaven when we go. We carry the authority of heaven. And there's a difference between power and authority here. You know, Jesus said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And you're going to receive power when he comes upon you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be witnesses telling people about me everywhere. And we know, if you know the Bible, that word power was dunamis. It's power. It's where we get dynamite from. There's a power coming into your life. But what we need to be careful of, and even in church settings, what we need to be careful of is we don't misuse power. No, you can have power in guns and firearms and bombs and whatever you have. But they can be misused and cause damage. We've heard the phrase loose cannon. In a derogatory term, a loose cannon can cause a lot of damage. It has power... cause damage, but it's causing damage. And there's a clue in the loose, i.e. you're not connected, you're doing your own thing, going your own way, using your stuff to do what you want, and all you're doing is causing damage. It's being went instead of being sent. It's not It's you doing what you want instead of you doing what your commander wants, what your captain wants, what your leader wants, what God wants you to do. It's doing what you want instead of doing what God wants. Because true authority comes through submission to authority. I know this is heavy. James 4 and 7 says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. The too many just say, "Resist the devil, and they will flee from you." You miss the point. The authority to submit or to resist the devil comes when you submit to the authority of God. And when you submit to the authority of God, you gain the authority that He puts in your life, and then you can resist the devil. But if you do, do, just do your own thing, living your own way, you can't just quote, "I'm going to resist the devil." If you're not living under the authority of God, then you're not, you haven't got the authority to resist the devil. I oh, know you're loving us, aren't you? This is what Jesus said in John twelve forty nine. I don't speak my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. I.e., Jesus came under the authority because he was sent. And as he was sent, he came under the authority of, those who sent, of God who sent him. The New Testament got it. In Acts 13, two church leaders got together. One day, as these men were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them." So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. They went under the authority of those who were sending them. You know, a vision to strengthen and send people. We don't want people just doing their own thing. We want the authority that comes from under God so that we can send people with the ambassadorial authority that God gives us. The band are going to come up because you need some help here. And this is what Jesus says here. I'm giving you a new assignment. What now after Easter Sunday? What now after the resurrection? I'm giving you a new assignment. I'm giving you a new purpose. I'm giving you a new meaning to make disciples. But you're not doing it on your own. You're carrying a new authority. I'm giving you authority to match the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. I'm giving you authority. I'm giving you a license. I'm giving you the letter that says come on, you've got my authority to go and do it. Don't do your own thing. Do what I'm calling you to do. And when you do that, he says I'll give you a new assurance. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this. I'm with you always. Even to the end of the age what a credible promise that was it's like guys I know you've missed me since Friday or I know you've missed me since my arrest I know that uh, you've kinda been struggling a little bit but you know what you're never going to have to miss me again I'm alive and I'm, I want to assure you even though physically I'm away I'm still going to be with you forever I'm never going to believe in you I'm with you for always. That was just for a few days. And that was just for a few days so that forever now I can be with you so that you can be assured of my presence. You know, in my life, I can only speak for me. Maybe you don't know Jesus as your Savior while watching online. I don't know how I could live without Jesus for a day in my life. I really don't know how. How I could live. Having known Jesus, I don't know how I could live without Jesus in my life. I really couldn't imagine it. And if today you've never experienced Jesus Christ as Savior, we want to tell you, you don't know what you're missing. You really don't know what you're missing. And you can accept him. You can say, Jesus, I recognize, I don't get it all, but I recognize Easter Sunday, you rose from the dead. You died for me and you rose to give me new life. You can just accept Jesus as your Savior and he'll come and give you a new life. And he says, i will be with you. These disciples, it wasn't just days for about two days or so, they thought, oof. But for them to hear, do you know what? I'm giving you a new assurance. I'm never going to leave you again. I'm going to be with you for almost. But the context is, here's the deal, guys. Here's the conditions. First of all, you get on with the new assignment I've given you. Secondly, you go under the new authority that I've given you and not doing your own thing. But if you do that, if you go and you do what... I'm asking you to do if you go under my authority and recognise you're being sent by me. I'm never gonna leave you. I'll be with you always. And I love what it says. I love when it says, I am with you. That's great. I am with you. No, but you mean but I am with you. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the true vine. I am the bread of life. I am the door. I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. All those are with you. You know, there was a day they came to arrest Jesus. And they basically said, Jesus says, who are you looking for? He said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus just says, I am he. The original language just says, I am. And when Jesus said, I am, they fell down. He didn't pray for them. He didn't lay hands on them. He didn't command the devils to come out of them or anything. He just said, I am. And the power in I am fell down. And when Jesus spoke to these disciples, he says, I am with you. All that power, all that authority, all that is in I am, is going to be with you as you go in your assignment and go in that authority. I am. Be assured, I am is with you. No matter what you face, no matter where you go, I am is there in your midst, helping you, giving you power and authority. Can we stand, please? The vision of new life is not about a seat, it's about a scent. There's only one letter of a difference, but it's a whole lot different. The vision of new life is not to fill every chair, every seat, but I tell you that will be a by-product of the vision to be sent. But it's not about, it's about being sent and being obedient to what God has called us to do. It's about being been, been sending, not seating. And when we say that, we recognize people think, oh, it's traveling all over. It's not. It's just a mindset and a heart to go into this world. I love, I think it was at Bells Hill. They had a picture and the door as you went out saying you're now entering the mission field. Jesus, it's after Easter. What do we do now? i tell you what you do. You fulfill a new assignment I'm giving you. You could have said, I'm going to stretch, strengthen, and send you locally, nationally, and globally. That's what we're saying, because that's what Jesus was saying. We're going to go, and we want to be people who are sent, not went, because we carry the authority of him who sends us. And we can be assured that I am is with us wherever we go. I'm going to pray over you. That As you're sent into the world this week. You know, there's times during the week when seats are out and in my cell and I just pray over the people in the seats and pray, God, bless them today. Where they are, let them be that salt and light wherever they are. But today I'm going to pray, Lord, as we talk about his vision and being sent, that we'll go and fulfill the assignment. That we'll carry his authority. And we'll have a sense of his presence. We'll be assured of his presence and his power in our lives. Father God, thank you for everyone here. Father, I thank you for calling us to go. Thank you for the authority you've given us. Thank you for the assurance that as we go, the I am is with us. Even to the end of the age. Help us to go and fulfill And for everyone here, as they go into their world, today and all during the week I pray Lord that we'll go in the power of your spirit we'll go in the authority of heaven we'll go in the assurance of your presence and we'll see the world transformed thank you Father God for your call on our lives thank you for Easter Sunday but thank you it wasn't just a wow for a weekend there's a purpose and a meaning that comes into our lives And Lord God, I pray you'll send every one of us out into your mission field. Father, I do believe that the fields are white to harvest. I believe there are people just crying out for you. I pray you'll make divine connections this week with us. Father, I pray, Lord, you'll just bring people on our path who who just need to hear the message that we have. And Lord, I thank you as we go that your protection and power is all over our lives and we commit ourselves to you we say here I am send me amen